Welcome to Weekly Sauce with uh, Terry Tam and Alex, the intern Corleone. Uh, finally, uh, we're back. Last week we spoke. Uh, what did we talk about last week, Alex? Was it soccer? And it, no, it was an NHL. It was NHL. Tabs, we man. did the Hub Cities, all that stuff. <laughs> I always forget. Yeah. I just finished. We just finished doing Hot Sauce Sports with uh, with Pete, so I'm all over the place. Uh, today we're we're. Um, it's a pleasure to have us jo- to join by uh, Blaine Podvin of uh, Habs Unfiltered. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, I'm really happy you guys had me on. It's. Uh... It's a real pro- uh, pleasure. It's our pleasure, man. It's our pleasure to have you on, Alex. He uh, he was telling me about you. I'm like, fuck, man. Let's get let's get him on. Let's talk some Habs. I mean, we don't get enough Habs talking nowadays. I can't listen to the local radio, so for me, it's like I got to talk about it with people that actually know what they're talking about. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm definitely not a Tony Marinero. Oh man, I cannot <laughs> stomach that guy, man. I don't know about you, but Alex, stomach like a pun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think I should be talking much anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> It's it's just about I don't know I don't know if you feel the same way I mean I'll let Alex jump in too but I I feel like with Montreal radio local radio it's that they're so they're so bipolar you know yeah well I mean that's that's Habs fans in a in a nutshell really it's they love them as long as they're winning and then once they start losing things start to uh, they start to tear things apart yeah exactly I mean I have I have season tickets so for me it's like. I, yeah. I'm I'm always gonna try and go to the games, but I'll, like I'll if whatever I can sell. But I had to give away a few tickets this year, you know, for free. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh-huh. I mean, Alex has sat in my seats. They're pretty good seats, <laughs> you know. They're a little high, but they're good. Yeah, they're good. I was there for Nick Suzuki's first goal oh, and go. Vic and Victor Metes. So I love those fucking tickets. The, the rare chance that you see Mete score a goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> So Blaine, so Blaine, I wanted to ask you. So, uh, so now we're finally going to get hockey. It looks like we're about phase two. Uh, phase three is going to kick in soon. Uh, Habs are going to be playing the Penguins in the first round. What do you like? What do you What do you think is going to happen? Are we getting Lafreniere? Are we going to be able to move into the playoffs? What is it? Well, uh, my expectation is that the Canadians are going to show up, and uh, the Penguins are going to show them what a Cup contender looks like. And odds are the Habs are going to end up ninth, but. There's that one in eight chance that they get uh, they get number one. So, I mean, Habs fans should be excited. This is a win-win scenario, no matter what happens. Yeah, I think that I think that going into the playoffs, into this series, it's like we have that hope because it's 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 a short series, right? And we have such a fast young team that I think that they can be able to maybe squeeze out a game or two. You know? Yeah, I'm expecting a like a three to one series. Uh, I think the Canadians are going to probably take one. Thanks to Price, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple overtime games, but uh, in the end, I mean, obviously Pittsburgh's much better. I yeah. just, I just think Montreal is going to put on a good show. Yeah, and yeah. Alex, you were going to say something. Yeah, I feel like Montreal is going to put on a put put on a good show. Um, we could win two games; they could surprise us. But ultimately, I just don't see us beating the Penguins. I just don't see it. I mean, what? What would stop them? I mean, if we're, we're a young team, right? So for for the Habs, they're, they're a young, fast team. I I see them being able to squeeze out a three one series, maybe like. But you were, I think, Blaine, you were more leaning towards the Pens, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I mean, Malkin and Crosby at any at any given night can be the two best players in the world. And that's the thing. That's probably the best one two punch at center in the league. But uh, I'm looking at the entire lineup for the Penguins. They're they're all coming back healthy. Yeah. I think Gensel is the only one that's still kind of a question mark. Yeah. But they went and added pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadians sold, and even even though they sold, the Canadians are still one of the better possession teams in the NHL. I think they're second behind Vegas. Yeah. So 
they could put on a good show, but at the at the end of the day, it's the finish for the the Canadians that's missing. I think and, I think what the Canadians has always been an issue with them is they've never really had a forty goal consistent score. I mean, we've had uh, Pacioretty at thirty nine and forty, but how many empty netters was that? You know, so it's. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you'll, you'll find out quickly. I'm not really high on Pacioretty. <laughs> Me either. Um, so I, I, we really haven't had that guy that's going to score goals. We brought Duane in, uh, but with Duane, I mean, it's not. He's he's a winger. He's he's a secondary scorer kind of guy. He's not going to be your your top line kind of guy. When you expect that kind of output, Gallagher. I mean, as good as he plays and as tough as he is, like, he can't be our leading scorer every year. You know. But he has been. He has been. And it's, it's yeah, Brennan Gallagher surprised me, man. I I didn't expect him to score over thirty goals for three consecutive three consecutive seasons now. I think he had twenty five. Yeah, yeah. So I, I never expected this from Gallagher from five years ago. I thought he would be a grinder, but he but he's a revelation to us. So I absolutely loved his contributions to our team, and I love it. So, uh, Blaine, I wanted to ask you a few questions to get into it. So, uh, how did you start with the hockey writers and, and Habs Unfiltered? So, give us a little bit about your uh, about your page and stuff like that. Oh well, uh, I started with a different uh, a different website for quite a few years, and then uh, around say December, the hockey writers approached me and they offered to pay me. So <laughs> I said sure. Uh, so I've been with them since uh, since December, and Habs Unfiltered. Uh, started that with Treg Wilson back, uh, I'd say about two years ago. And uh, we went independent around December time frame and uh, Matt Smith came with us. So we've just, it's just three military guys chucking shit about hockey and, <laughs> you know, making fun of each other's beards when we have them and that kind of stuff. It's, oh, I, you know, just standard stuff. I think I'm in there yeah. too. I got the patchiest beard of all time right now. <laughs> I decided to start growing mine out there about three weeks ago. So. <laughs> this is uh, probably like six months worth of work right here and it's not six? even i i wanted to trim it down but i'm not allowed my significant other does not allow me to bring it down <laughs> oh no she mine... likes it she likes it i'm not gonna complain mine told me to go get a trimmer um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's good man Habs unfiltered one of the best shows one of the best Habs uh Habs centric shows we've been uh we're 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 podcast friendly with happy hour with uh yep. chili pepper she's awesome right so uh, oh, I love those guys. Those oh, guys are man. amazing. Well, Veronica, she's such a sweetheart, you know, and she's so she's one of the best followers on Twitter. You know, you can always go back yeah. and forth with her. She's great. Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot out there. But you guys, you guys are up there, and we, I mean, we appreciate you giving uh, a, a better insight to the Habs than what we see, what we hear on the local radio here. I used to be obsessed with local radio here, like with uh, TSN 690. Obsessed. I have friends that work there currently, and it's like, but I can't listen to it anymore because it's so bipolar. I could tune in one night, like you said, it's Habs fans. I could tune in one night, and one night they're talking about how prices the best goalie of all time and then the next night the next day Tony Marinaro's shitting all over all over price so and then it brings to my next point which I wanted to ask you is why we this is why we get upset about why um, free agents don't want to come here anymore you know what I mean yeah yeah that does play into it I mean there's the language factor Uh, not not everyone's a francophone I mean I'm sure you guys are both bilingual as well yeah we speak French yes yeah 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 I, I francophone for a point saint uh, point saint there you go. so but um yeah so the language barriers there um taxes taxes are freaking huge oh, the income tax over here is brutal yeah and the weather i mean i love montreal but 
if you have to choose between Montreal and Florida, <laughs> but that's another, that's my other point is nobody's <laughs> even going to Florida. Like Florida's not able to bring in huge free agents anymore. I mean, Bobrovsky was one of them, but we kind of knew yeah. he was going to go there. And it was like, what other free agents have gone other than the guys that they drafted? I mean, they've traded for, they've drafted very well. Like Barkov's been drafted. Like, yeah. Which free agents have gone there? I don't really know. Yeah, they had they, they had those two free agents go there, like you mentioned. Uh, Dallas is one that's starting to attract more free agents because they're getting they're improving. Well, there's no state uh, tax there either, right? So no, none, none. Nashville's yeah. another one with no state tax. Yeah. I'd love to go. And Nashville. they got yeah, and they got Duchesne uh, last year when we thought we were kind of in there. Yeah, but uh, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> so um, Canada's 2022 uh, roster. Uh, everybody's writing their their um their hypothesis who's going to make it we actually had our blogger uh, one of our bloggers write write something write a piece on it he gave his team uh with some controversy with some controversy about where pareko was lined up and things like that some people commented and he had put pareko at the left d knowing he was a right d things like that i wouldn't even have put pareko on my list but that's up to him right uh do you think lafreniere can crack this lineup i do i really do i think uh lafreniere as soon as he gets into the league he's going to be a 70 point guy um I know there's a lot of comparisons to Huberdeau, but yeah. I think his game is a little bit more advanced in that I think he's more NHL ready now. So mm-hmm. once he steps in, he's going to start producing. And this is 2022. He's got two seasons to play. By then, I think he'll he'll be able to crack that lineup. Probably a fourth liner, but he'll fourth, be on that team. Fourth liner, maybe if they play a physical uh, finish team, maybe he'll get scratched, things like that. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kind of like PK was. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. So the way I see um, Lafreniere is, um, yes, he will be a big performer in the NHL, but will he make the 2022 roster? Like I said, unless he scores over 70 points, nearly 80 points to his first rookie season, and the way Canada has been choosing their players for Team Canada, I think they'll lean more towards the uh, more experienced vets mm-hmm. for that team rather than going for a rookie. I think Lafreniere maybe might deserve a spot, but with the way they were they're constructing their team, the way Hockey Canada, you know, does the rosters, it's. I'm trying to. Remember, I just. I'm trying to remember the last time they had like a 19 year old on the team, a 19 20 year old on the team. I don't think it's. Other than Crosby, I think Crosby's the only one. Okay, so remember uh, Subban. Yeah. Uh, Subban was arguably a great defenseman for Babcock. Well, I think he had just come off a Norris Trophy. He just won his Norris yeah. Trophy. Exactly, and he did not play. Well, he I'm, doesn't. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if it was because of his play style or more due to the fact he's young. I don't know. You tell me. I think I think Blaine. I mean, you could probably correct me on this. I think Subban was just not Babcock's style, right? He's he's not that. No, he wasn't. That's it. Yeah. And, he he played that one game against Norway, and yeah. he did really well. But um, yeah, <laughs> Babcock did not like him. I, I mean, not everybody liked Babcock, as we found out this season, right? No. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, there's so that's the thing about Canada is that you can pick and you can make two world class teams. You know what I mean? You really could. Yeah, you can make two teams that are better than the top American team. I mean, though, even though American team looks great right now, but um, it, it's it's tough. It's it's so hard to say. Okay, will Lafreniere make it? Sure. Will Pareko make it? Maybe. 
there's so many guys that can make it. You know what I mean? And uh, that's, yeah. the, that's the great thing about Canadian hockey. It's like you'll always find talent everywhere. Yeah, but uh, the reason I was thinking that uh, Lafreniere would probably be on that lineup is because the games are going to be in uh, in Beijing, I believe, yeah. and it's going to be on Olympic size ice. Uh, so they're going to want, yeah, they're going to want a lot of space, guys who can skate. So Pareko is a good choice for that because he he's very mobile, and Lafreniere he he's got wheels. So yeah, that, that's kind of why Lafreniere. I watched him play at that meltdown. I was talking to you about before the show, yeah. uh, Blaine. Uh, is that uh, I watched Lafreniere play from when he was a kid. He played with this kid named Xavier Parent. He also played with a kid with uh, with Sam Poulain's son, and they grew up together playing together. And he and he was great from from the age of five. You can tell that this guy was something special. And the older he got, the more the smarter he became. And his hockey IQ level is what's really pushed him to number one. Because if it was just on skill base, then you can say that Byfield could be a number one pick overall too, or or Stutzel or whoever. You know what I mean? But the reason why is because his IQ level is so high, and that's why I think he's going to be on Team Canada. I can't argue that. Um, so I wanted to ask you, so the biggest the biggest uh, debate that we have here in Montreal, Alex and I have had it a couple times offline, is is Bergevin, and what's his ranking? Like, what would you give him, if you gave, you gave him a grade, A, B, C, or D, or maybe an F, what would you give Mark Bergevin as general manager of the Habs? Uh, huh. Uh, his first six years, I'd probably give him a B minus because the team did fairly well, but he failed to get the pieces that they needed. Uh, once he realized his failure, uh, he decided to go with this this retool, whatever the hell they're calling it now. I mean, retool, call yeah. it what you will, but yeah it's, yeah. it's a shitty rebuild is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a half-ass rebuild. <laughs> it's a but, it, uh, He invented a word. There you go. Yeah. A retool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I don't know. Right now, I'd give him a C minus at this point, um, because it's still in motion. We don't know if this is going to pan out. The development for the players is what's really key on this, and that's going to take some time. So, uh, but this this COVID happening is kind of a, a blessing for the Canadians, because now it, it kind of put everybody on a, a playing field with the cap where the Canadians can actually take advantage of this and start using some of that, uh, some of those young yes. guys. I mean, trade uh, them off. Uh, we, we've said it before, but Claude Julien, he's known to, to, to basically sit on his young guys. Like He really doesn't yeah. let them thrive. But I think he, he's the kind of let Suzuki take a little bit of the leash. Uh, Paling, not so much. Kotkaniemi, I think he gave him a little bit, a lot at the beginning and kind of took it away. Uh, with reason, I mean, Kotkaniemi wasn't performing to what yeah. we thought he would, what he did last year. Um but overall, I think that this this team has a, has a bright future. Now, with a bright future, you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna play well, and you'll get a higher draft pick. So at number nine, if they if they were worst case scenario, they get a number nine. Will uh, who who do you think they would take, and what position do you think they would they would need to address in the draft? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, it depends who's there at nine, but uh, when you're looking at the tiers of players. Uh, I think Holtz is one player that they're really going to be looking at. Yeah. But my bet is that they're going to pick Quinn. They're they need scoring. They really need scoring. Um, Quinn's one of the better shooters, and he's he's. They probably had more viewings of him because I know they were going to check out Ro uh, Rossi quite a bit. Yeah. So they probably got to see Quinn at the same time. So uh, my guess is they'd go for for him. He's he's a good two way player. He's uh, he's more mature, 
He's uh, he's a little bit. He's not quite as big as Holtz, but he's going to fill out better. He seems to be a, a lower a lower center of gravity, um, and he doesn't just score his goals by sniping them from the top of the circle like Pacioretty does. He actually goes to the net. He uh, <laughs> you know he'll he'll go in the corner. He'll dig it out. He'll go to the front of the net. He'll tip them in. It's kind of a little bit of Gallagher in his game. Gallagher-esque, yeah. Kind yeah, of like, kind of like a Pavelski type type of player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that about, that's that's more what they're looking for. Yeah. What if Jake Sanderson and Quinn are both on the board uh, not when they're coming to pick? Do you seriously do you think they'll pass up on Jake Sanderson? Uh knowing knowing uh, Timmons a little bit just kind of researching everything he's done over the years i would think he'd lean towards quinn just because you look at what they have for for lefty coming up and they probably feel that that area has been addressed so the, yeah. you notice the last couple of drafts they've been uh, they've been shotgunning their picks so yeah they needed some centers they picked a bunch of centers yeah. they needed some defensemen they picked a bunch of defensemen so in this one here i think i think they're going to be looking for for shooters uh, Caulfield, is he a righty or a lefty? I'm drawing a blank now. He's a righty. He's a righty. Okay, righty. There yeah. yeah. There you go to your point. Um, I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, this this draft is so deep. You know what I mean? From 1 to 15, they're all top 10 draft picks. You know what I mean? And we were talking about it last week is that you have maybe your 1, 2, and 3, and then you have that second tier, which is so tight. that And like like you guys are saying, it's a debate whether Quinn, Rossi, or Sanderson are going to go, and these are all world-class players. You know what I mean? So it's good to see uh, this year's draft in a – I, even though I don't really agree with the way they did their kind of lottery, the I mean it's a little weird. Um, yeah. It's interesting to see that New York Rangers could win the Stanley Cup and get a first overall pick, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this kind of this. It just creates people uh, creates all kinds of storylines and you know this this chaos. I love seeing this sometimes. You know yeah. just to watch the world burn a bit. <laughs> just fucking set it on yeah. fire, see what happens. <laughs> Best man wins. Guy who's last guy who's gonna eat the apple, I get it. Um so so we go let's we fast forward, okay. Let's say the Habs get bounced, they get ninth pick, let's say they get Quinn, like you mentioned. Next year, uh a bunch of young players. Um Kerry Price is a year older. Shea Weber, year older. How long is this re- retool? gonna take before we actually start seeing some results in the playoffs if we make the playoffs personally i i think this team is pretty close to being a playoff team not saying that they'll win a series or but they'll be in a playoff spot i think for the next two three years or whatever you know just constantly right there maybe the last playoff spot but but there um but if you're going to ask the management that, they're going to say, you know what they're going to say. Of course, it's never to. done. It's never done. We're always retooling. But, uh, yeah, let's be honest. The, the timing for Price and Weber, their window's closing. And even yeah. if it's just to let them win somewhere, I think if you can't do it in Montreal, they got to let them try somewhere else. We did a hypothetical. Uh, where would Carey Price get traded to last week? Yeah, and Vancouver and Colorado were kind of like maybe. You know what I mean? And I think even though Vancouver, they have. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Who's the next? Vancouver. Or are you talking about the Islanders? Markstrom. So 
they have they have they have somebody in there, but he could there could be something that they would go get if the offer was available. But Carey Price's contract is not friendly to other teams, and no. that, that's that's the thing about Carey Price is that even though he's probably maybe consensus the best goal in the league is as hard to it's going to be hard to get rid of him. Maybe they just don't re-sign him when his contract's up in four years, whenever it is. He's got six more years. Six years. There you go. Even worse. There's one uh, contract this year, um, this off season that I want the Habs to. So 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 now how last year they offered she did, uh, Sebastian Ajo. I want them to retry this year, but with Vince Dunn. From the St. Louis Blues, the Blues have zero money to resign him. If if there's if there's an offer sheet that comes four point five million, five million, they're not matching that. I can almost guarantee you. Yeah, they've got uh, they got two million dollars in cap space. They have to resign their captain Peter Angelo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I did a I did do an article on this for uh, the hockey writers, um, and I covered more trades than offer sheets but in the scenario that I gave uh, for St. Louis was trading for Vince Dunn and Jake Allen because yeah. the Canadians desperately need somebody to help pick up some of these games so by doing them the favor of taking Jake Allen's $4.3 million contract yeah. they give us Dunn and in return we give them uh, Mete, uh, maybe Lindgren and a, a second round pick maybe a first round pick uh, you know, late, late first kind of yeah. thing and Jake yeah. Allen, I mean, uh, maritime kid, right? Um, yeah. Jake Allen, uh, good goalie. You know what I mean? Never really, just kind of, just kind of like always a little step behind. But he he could be a starter in the NHL. We've seen him start for St. Louis before Bennington was able to get on his run. Even though he wasn't having the best season, obviously the team was last place. But he, you see that Jake Allen is capable of, you know, being on a maybe a, an eighth seed or a seventh seed team. You know, and. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's. It's interesting you say that because I was actually thinking about that the other day. It's not a bad thing to have Jake Allen, if you're able to do that. That the scenario you just played out with Vince Dunn, because you have Caden Primo and you can kind of groom him a little bit. You don't have to worry about Carey Price being like, "Who's this young kid bringing down my neck?" kind of thing. So what Jake <laughs> Allen is knows he's been in that role for a long time. And having Jake Allen there, you can manage Price's games a little bit better, and that could extend his uh, his his window further. So if you thought you know Price has maybe three, four really good years left, uh, by bringing in someone who can cover off thirty-five games a year, maybe you extend Price another season. Yeah, a season or two. I mean, how old is he? He's thirty-two, I think. Right? He's right now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought he was thirty-four. Alex corrected me last week. I thought he was thirty-four because because he's it's been since I was like eight. He's a year younger than I am. So I it's it's been since I was like eighteen that he's been around I feel like I've heard Carey Price's name it's been a long time so it's like we've we've known the goalie the great goalie that he, he can be and he is but we haven't really seen it you know and even the year they made a run and they lost to Philly in the Eastern Conference final they beat Washington and Pittsburgh it was Halleck you know what I mean it wasn't was it the Halleck that year yeah Halleck in 2010 yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah. Price had a good run in 2015 until he, he got did. hurt until what's his name um, um Kreider Kreider, yeah, Kreider. destroy him. Then we had to put in freaking Tukarski in nets. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tukarski. Well, but you got to give you got to give Ticker credit. He did oh, well. Course, I mean, yeah. they only lost one nothing, so but you know he, he had a few good games after. One. Yeah, but then he, he got did, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> tough. Right? So I mean, I'm I'm a diehard Habs fan. I mean, obviously you guys are as well. 
Uh, I'm optimistic, and I like Bergevin. I asked you what score, what rating you would give him. I'd give him a B across the board, you know, because even though he's made some uh, some sketchy trades, but he's actually made some good ones too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's made some great ones. I love – I mean, I told you before how much I didn't like Pacioretty, but I love the Pacioretty deal. But it was oh, that, that perfect trade. But it wasn't even Bergevin who made the offer. It was actually Pacioretty's agent who made the offer. And it was – originally they were going to get less for it. And the agent's like, well, no, you can get more from Vegas. And Vegas is like, yeah, we'll give you Suzuki and Tatar. Yeah. Well, I was there on the draft floor when the, when the trade was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was able to overhear uh, quite a bit of stuff that was going on between L.A. and Montreal. And there was there, – you know, Villardi was one of the guys yeah. that was being named. So they were getting a decent package. It's just that uh, Pacioretty didn't want to – didn't want to wave. He didn't want to go. So um, that put in, he didn't want to resign. So LA said, screw this. And then within 10 minutes, he had fired his agent and hired uh, Alan Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. And for, I think it was about three hours. Bergevin was up in the stands talking to Alan Walsh. And it was not a friendly conversation. No, no, they were going. He's like, listen, what, what you're going to screw this guy's yeah. career, basically. Like, get him out of here. <laughs> and and Vegas wants him. I mean, Vegas is able to do this. This is yeah. what they're offering. And Alan Walsh played it perfectly. He he looked for his. He looked. He took care of the team that his player was going to. He also took care of his player. And he even he even kind of helped the Habs in that case. You know what I mean? I don't think Bergevin would have yeah. made that trade. Well, when you get uh, when you get Tatar as a throw-in, yeah, and Suzuki, who's looking like he's going to become a one C. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, and Norlander's the uh, the the pick that the the Canadians got. Yeah, exactly. Not a bad deal. Oh, I'm not laughing. I'm not crying at all. And after I yeah, saw no. after I saw Pacioretty be Pacioretty in the playoffs, where he'll score two goals in a six one win, or score two one goal in a in a five four in a five one loss. You know what I mean? It's like. I, I'm not, I, we didn't really lose much on Pacioretty. I think that I mean, as much as I liked him coming up, I thought he was a, a big guy who played in a small man's sorry a small man who played in a big guy's body. Um, exactly. Not really that physical, but he still was a great skater. Still is a great skater. Great shooter. Uh, he has a good he has a good uh, he has a good head on his shoulders. His hockey IQ is through the roof. But when it comes to Pacioretty, there was something missing there, and I think that he didn't really fit uh, with what they were trying to do. And uh, same thing with Subban. I mean, I mean, I don't know how you felt about the Subban Weber trade, but I, I was pro Weber in this trade. Me as well. Yeah. Well, when the trade happened, I was shocked. Um, I kind of figured there might have been a, a deal coming, but uh, I saw I saw the trade happen. I'm like, what the hell happened here? And then I saw what they got in return, and I thought, okay, you got a great defenseman. Yeah. But. You're trading a number one right-handed defenseman for another number one right-handed defenseman. I was thinking, geez, that's kind of weird. Why not trade him for a center? <laughs> yeah, exactly. At that point, it's like wh- you just did everybody a favor. And then uh, Mike Ribeiro came out recently and said how yep. PK Subban was a bad teammate. He also said that about Saku Koivu, which discredits him completely to me. Yeah. Saku Koivu to me is God. There's no – Saku Koivu is the best. I have his jersey. It's like a – it's the only jersey I wear to have his games. You know? So it's, I'm obsessed with Saku Koivu. So you talk shit about Saku Koivu, you're not on my team. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's it. So what do you think? How do you? So I know you. You said you, you kind of like the shitstorm that is the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the NHL. Uh, who do you think has the best chance of winning the Stanley Cup this year? Well, that's a tough one. Um, At least, who do you see kind of making a run? Like Edmonton, Toronto, like where? I think Edmonton could make a run because, <clears throat> pardon me, um, young teams like teams built on on youth and speed. I think are going to be. Are, are in the benefit on this one because everybody's coming in healthy. It's the start of the year. And you, you know, at the start of any, any season, it's always those young running gun teams that, that do well. 
So maybe Edmonton can make themselves uh, get themselves to the conference final. Maybe maybe even a final. Who knows? Uh, Winnipeg's a team I would keep an eye on because Hellebuck has been standing on his head. Uh, Tampa, Tampa, it's Tampa. It's Tampa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if and Boston is another team. I hate saying it, but <laughs> God. I'm more. We all hate I'm them. More anti Leafs than I am anti Bruins because I've always liked the way the Bruins played, right? Well, I hate it because if the Bruins win, four doors over, there's going to be a Stanley Cup party, and I'm going to have to throw shit at uh, Brad Marchand. Oh, really? Okay, he, his <laughs> yeah. family's close by. Okay. No, yeah, his so, house. Oh, his house. He lives there. They're even worse. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I mean, okay, yeah, so, so we're we're praying for you, Blaine. We're praying. For you. Yeah. Praying. Go Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tampa this year. I think Tampa has a very good chance of winning. I mean, I hope Vasilevsky is able to to pull it out. It was it was unfortunate what happened to them last year in the first round. But uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Tampa Bay is to me is the, probably the team to beat. So uh, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, I like where your mind's at with the anti-Boston stuff, though. I will say. I mean, I love the city of Boston. I go there all the time. I'm a I'm a sailor in the Navy, so I I go there all the time. So I love the city. But you're, you're active. You're active right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm there constantly, and I love going there. I even go to Bruins games. I even like Zdeno Chera, but my God, I do not like Brad Marchand. <laughs> and he's your neighbor. He's, yeah. You guys are friendly. That's... You guys are friendly at least there. Uh, we've talked. Does he know who you are? Does he know that you have a house podcast and stuff like that? No, God, no. Oh, I imagine he does though. He'd probably get on your show and just rip you. <laughs> he would destroy me. <laughs> He'd get on your show and start chirping every Habs fan for sure. Oh God, yeah, you for sure. It, it's made for good he chirps me enough just driving by my house when he does. <laughs> So out of all out of all the Canadian teams, I mean, I I, mean, I hope that Edmonton is able to make a run. I mean, we all want to see McDavid do well. Uh, Leon Draisaitl, obviously, you know, such a crazy season he had this year with all the hard work he won. Um, I would love to see McDavid do it. I just don't think it's the year for them. And you mentioned Winnipeg. Winnipeg is a team to look out yeah. for. And if you remember, I mean, I remember this clearly. At the beginning of the season, they lost everybody, all their defensemen. Yeah. And and yes. Bufflin and Bufflin's not there, so the fact that they're in this position now is is uh, Paul Maurice, man. Good for you. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coaching that team to to something and their offense. I mean, as good as Laney is, I mean, I love Shifley. Shifley's one of my favorite players to watch. Oh, yeah. What a what a player. Talk about hockey IQ. And uh, but they lost everybody, man. And it's just it's un- it's really unfortunate. But hopefully that Hellebuck is able to stand on his head because he's gonna have to, like you said. Well, it is still the playoffs, and yeah. the physicality is going to matter. And Winnipeg does play a heavy game, so uh, I think they'll they should be able to do well once they get past. Like the short series benefits the uh, the underdog more often, but uh, once Winnipeg gets past Calgary, I think we're going to see a, a Jets team really start to fly. Um, Maybe we'll even see an old Smythe division final between yeah. the, uh, the <laughs> between Edmonton and, and Winnipeg. Oh, I man. think that'd be great. I, I, I want to see the Battle of Alberta. Alex, sorry, go ahead. Go. Yeah, ex- I was about to say that. I was I was so sad to hear about the, the their whole changing formats because this year the Battle of Alberta was fucking am- amazing. They had like three sure. more games or something, and I felt like they played each other every week. Yeah, and their games were amazing to watch. Oh, yeah. Fights every game. Intensity was a, it was literally like a playoff game, oh, and 
I, I just loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great hockey to watch. I mean, that's the kind of hockey you want to watch. And that's uh, they brought it back, you know, the Battle of Alberta, man. It's like, yeah. it was intense for me. You see McDavid getting in there, his helmet's getting ricked off. Like, it's, these things, uh, this is what this is what hockey is, you know. You can't take that shit away from the sport. You know? <laughs> Nugent Hopkins yeah. started chucking knuckles in, that, yeah. uh, in a couple of those games. So. <laughs> yeah, and I love how Lucha's coming in there and just fucking bulldozing his ex-teammates. And it's it's great. It's great <laughs> stuff, you know. It's yeah. great stuff. Uh, so you heard it here first. Blaine Popping says the Habs are going to be beat the Oilers in the Stanley Cup final. It's perfect. Oh, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Blaine, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Is it just at Habs Unfiltered or do you have your own? Uh, Habs Unfiltered is the uh, the podcast. Myself, you can find me at Blaine Podvay, THW on Twitter, uh, Potsy underscore 70 on uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, just follow the sound of chirping and there I am. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Blaine. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um...